Steve Jobs has a quote and he says, you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking backward. And now I know, right? Like I know that I was meant to go through that huge letdown with my publishing story. So I could write this book and I could show women that when you choose yourself and when you do it your way, and when you don't wait to get selected by someone, right? Whether it's a publisher, a company, a podcast, an event to speak at, when you just take everything into your own hands and you create your own opportunities, to me, that's what true success feels like. Welcome to the Pave Your Paradise podcast. I'm Mandy Ross, international media personality, speaker, writer, life cheerleader, and coach. Each episode, I'll share a guest or an idea to help you blast through your limiting beliefs, nourish your soul, and connect with yourself to take your relationships, health, business, and life to a next level. We don't play small. We're meant for great things. We take our struggles and turn them into slam dunk successes. This is the place for you to create your best you so you can pave your personal path to paradise. Are you with me? Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pave Your Paradise podcast. If you're new here, I'm Mandy Ross, host of this amazing space for you guys to up-level your relationships, your health, your business, and your life. And I want to know how you're feeling today. What's on your heart and mind? Send me what you're struggling with, what topics you want me to cover on the podcast, and also which episodes you absolutely love. I make these episodes to try and help you guys, so I'd love your feedback. Please let me know by sharing on your posts and stories, or if you want to send me a DM and tag me at Mandy J. Ross and Pave Your Paradise when you do. So major news for you guys that I shared a little while back is that I started a Patreon page. It's now up and I'm ready to serve you even more through it. There's lots of additional resources I'll be sharing for you to join the official Pave Your Paradise community where you'll be receiving tons of self-growth, self-love, and self-compassion tips, techniques, and tools for your personal development toolbox, also to connect with me in live group calls and coaching, plus be supporting the podcast and myself to raise awareness on self-love and compassion and connection, please visit my new page at www.patreon.com slash Mandy J. Ross. Boom! And now I'm thrilled to feature a special guest on today's episode. Best-selling author, master life coach, and creator of the Champagne Diet blog, Kara Alwil-Leba. So many of you have reached out about mindset mastery, self-belief, and how to step into your personal power, especially when met with adversity. So I'm so happy to bring you a leading expert, not to mention a fierce, fearless boss babe on these topics. Plus, y'all know how passionate I am about mindset, living fearlessly, and believing that anything is possible in accomplishing the biggest dreams in your life. Kara Alwill-Leba is a best-selling personal development author, master life coach, and creator of the Champagne Diet blog. She has self-published eight best-selling books, including the worldwide sensation Girl Code, which have inspired women around the world to step into their power and fulfill their potential. Kara's books have been translated into multiple languages like Russian, Chinese, Portuguese, Mongolian, and Vietnamese. 
Her weekly podcast, Style Your Mind, has achieved over 6 million unique downloads as she continues the conversation started in Girl Code. Kara has been featured in Forbes, Glamour, Shape, Entrepreneur, Success, Cosmo, Marie Claire, and many more publications. Her new book, Girl on Fire, has already become a number one Amazon bestseller, beating out New York Times bestselling author Rachel Hollis and proving that when you choose yourself, everything is possible. So she's a best-selling author, master life coach, and creator of the Champagne Diet blog, and so much more. I learned about her through one of my dear friends. Shout out to my girl, Grace. Thank you, girlfriend. When I looked into her further, I was hooked. Upon listening to her podcast and consuming her next-level inspiring posts on social media and discovering what she was all about, I knew I had to have her on the show for you guys. As the author of the Champagne Diet blog, she really does an exceptional job at empowering you to believe in yourself and that anything you wish can become a reality. Because of her background and own personal transformational journey of struggle into success, she is full of insight and inspiration. She's someone who I completely appreciate and respect for what she's creating in this world, especially on mindset, self-belief, and helping others step into their power. Her strategies and advice for believing in yourself and creating your own opportunities in life can be positively impactful, so I had to share her with you. I want to continue bringing on expert guests that will help you, inspire you, and empower you, and Kara Alwil-Leba is a breathing, living, walking example of paving your own path to paradise. We dive deep in this episode on her personal journey of turning struggle into success, how to turn your side hustle into an empire, how to live the champagne life as per Kara, mastering self-belief, styling your mind, how to have a successful relationship, including how to let go of a toxic, intimate relationship that's holding you back, living authentically, unapologetically, and blazing the world with your bright and beautiful light, and so many other empowering topics. So I hope y'all enjoy this interview as much as I did with Kara Alwil-Leba. All right, Kara Alwil-Leba, I am so excited to have you joining us on Pave Your Paradise podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh my goodness. Okay, Kara. So first things first, every single guest that I have in the show, I always ask, what was the first thing you did when you woke up this morning? Ooh, the first thing I did, I did my gratitude. That's like a non-negotiable for me. Before I can even get out of bed, look at my phone, I always think of three things I'm thankful for. It's usually the same three things. It's usually like my husband, my dog, and my mom. <laughs> oh. I always I have like my little gratitude ritual. That's what I did this morning. I do the same thing. I seriously do. I have an affirmation. I say as soon as I wake up and then I think of three things to be grateful for as well. So, I mean, I think tomorrow I'm going to be grateful for our interview. That's got to be added to the mix. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. All right. Aside from work, what gets you up in the morning? Aside from work? That's a good question. Um, My work is so much of my life and it's so much that just drives me that I'm passionate about. So that for sure. But I think just like the idea that anything can happen at any point in the day, like that's something really, really think about every day. I'm like, okay, this is a clean slate. Like literally can happen. Like any opportunity can come your way. You can meet one of the most incredible people that's meant to be put on your path. You can have like a self-realization that moves you 
forward in a new way. So I think just that thought, you know, like a lot of us get stuck in the routine. A lot of us feel like today's more of the same. I'm just going through the motions. I'm kind of tackling each thing that comes my way, but realizing that you literally are the creator of your future and you can make anything possible just gets me out of bed. It makes me feel just so inspired. I love that. And I feel the same way, Kara. It's like, I look at it when you wake up, as you said, it's like a fresh page or a new slate or, you know, anything is possible. As soon as you step your feet out of that bed and you literally can create the next 24 hours of whatever you desire. And I think it's about, a, it, it really boils down to a mindset. And I think you have a very abundant mindset. Um, and because of that, it allows you to really look at each day as an opportunity. You know, it's a new opportunity to grow and expand and, and to make a mark in the world in a positive way. Yeah. So true. And, you know, I didn't always have that mindset. I really had to work on it. I still continue to work on it every day. So for anyone listening right now, that's like, oh yeah, well, that's great. You know, to be like that naturally, it's really not a natural thing. It's become much more natural, but it's, it's been something that I've had to really cultivate over the years and really stay on top of, because I think our default setting sometimes is just to go to that place of lack or go to that place of fear or go to that kind of default setting of like, things just aren't going to work out sort of the worst case scenario. And I really try to stay on top of that and just like, what's the best that can happen today? What is the best that can happen in this situation? You know, to just to stay positive and to remind myself that like everything, like everything is possible and the world is truly limitless. Completely, completely. That's actually a perfect segue into my next question for you, which is if you would please share a bit about your background and story with my audience. I know that you have had a significant transformation in your life and I just, I find it so inspiring. But for those who might not know your story, I would absolutely appreciate you just sharing, you know, some highlights from your journey and what led you from basically a place of struggle and now what it's turned into modern day into success. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I won't take us too far back because we don't have enough on the podcast, but I'll take this <laughs> to the point where like things really changed for me. So you know, I always wanted to be a writer. I knew that I had like dreams of just being, having a creative life. I knew that I had a lot to give. I was a very creative person. I always wanted to express myself, whether that was just in a hobby or a job or a passion project. And like most of us, I found myself in a corporate career in my mid twenties, my mid to late twenties, um, working in a job that was a great company. I worked for MTV. I was very well taken care of, but I was really just burnt out. I was Really not happy with what I was doing every single day. I did not feel like I was maximizing my full potential as a woman. I felt depleted. I felt drained. I did not feel energized. I did not feel inspired. And I, I believe it or not, I had a very <laughs> interesting transformation and it came in the form of a glass of champagne. And this happened because a coworker of mine suggested incorporating champagne as part of a healthier lifestyle. I was looking at my diet at the time because I was, again, I was drained. I was bored. I had gained weight. And my question to her mm -hmm. was, can I still incorporate alcohol? You know, like, can I still go out for drinks? I live in New York City. I have a bustling social life. And she looked at me dead in the face and said, yeah, of course, just drink champagne. And it became like a funny kind of joke that I was going to have this embark on the champagne diet. It was very tongue in cheek. It was very silly. <laughs> and I went, we went out that night, we, you know, just a team. We were all kind of working really hard. We would do these little happy hours, like team building efforts. And I ordered a glass of champagne. And I was in a dive bar in the middle of New York City, in the middle of Times Square, 
wear is not super glam. It is not, you know, the, the place where you order like a beautiful glass of champagne and the bartender looked at me and he was like, uh, okay. And he like pulled up a bottle of champagne from the basement and like dusted it off and poured a glass. And in that moment, I felt so special and I felt so different. And I felt like I was having this like incredibly luxurious and glamorous experience. And it was anything but I never drink champagne on a regular basis. I probably had never, maybe I had tried to sip at one point you know, like on a random birthday or New Year's. And I, like, I felt the shift. I felt the shift. I started to look at this glass of champagne as a metaphor, right? Not for the actual champagne itself, but as a metaphor for the way that I wanted to start living my life. And I decided that this glass of champagne was going to inspire a blog that I also wound up calling the Champagne Diet. And this is 11 years ago. And through that blog mm-hmm. and through that whole experience, really journaling and chronicling everything I was going through, I was making changes. I started to really think about my life and I started to feel like, well, if I don't have anything to celebrate right now, because we think of champagne to be some celebration, if I don't have anything Mm -hmm. that I feel is worth celebrating, I need to start creating things worth celebrating. I need to start looking for those magical moments in each day where I can have gratitude and I can celebrate something that went right, something that felt good. So that was the start of the blog and the blog led me to, well, I actually knew that I wanted to write a book very early on with this whole experience. I felt like it was unique and I felt like I had things to share. So the blog really became a platform for me to build my audience. Yeah. And as I built my audience, I started to like really love the connection that I was forming with my readers. And these were just, this was before Instagram. This is like going way back to like, I don't know if you remember like when Twitter first launched and you know, it was like, Oh yeah, it was a new thing. Right. (laughs) Like that's where we were connecting with people. And it was, you know, I had this little following, but they were there and I had the idea to become a life coach. And I thought, well, I want to take this relationship. I want to take this, the way that I'm connecting with people and really turn it into a job. I need an escape plan. I can't stay at MTV. I have something here. I knew like, I think for anyone listening right now, that's feeling like they're on the edge of something when you know, and you just have that little inkling, like, there's something here, you have to follow that nudge, you have to follow that little voice in you. And even if it sounds crazy, right? Like, if you would have told me 11 years ago, you are going to take something that you called the champagne diet, and you were going to turn it into like, this mini empire with like an international, you know, life coaching practice and and nine books and all these things, I would have been like, what? <laughs> like, there's no girl, way. you crazy. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> keep drinking the champagne, you know, but like, I really, <laughs> you're drinking too much champagne yeah. there, Kara. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had I to just, love like, it. I had to believe, you know, I had to just believe and almost, yes. to, like, I, I always say like my, my readers and my clients, like you have to almost create this fantasy world for yourself. Like not a world where you get stuck in the fantasy, but a fantasy world yeah. where you can like take action from like this, this world that maybe no Nobody else understands. Like draw from that inspo. It's not like like I often because I'm I think you and I are probably similar. Like I'm I'm very optimistic. I'm very positive. I'm very like such a believer in my dreams. But you know I think there's that fine line of a boundary where it's kind of like the optimism optimism versus delusion. Right. And the delusion is when you don't take action because I do believe that anything is possible and you and like I have that abundance mindset that you have obviously for you to have been able to achieve and, and, you know, grow this beautiful empire of yours, but it's, it really does require that second step of actual application and taking action. Yes. Yes. And that's why I think I became so passionate about coaching because that's exactly what it's about, right? Coaching is about empowering your client to take those steps forward and not to tell them what to do. 
right? It's about like letting people figure out what the next best step for them is because my next best step may look very different than yours. So it's really like about guiding someone on that journey and it is all based in action. And I just became obsessed. I really just became obsessed with helping people and guiding people to their own transformations. So for people who are listening, basically you ended up starting the blog while you're still at MTV. And then from there, basically that transpired into you building a bit of a following for the blog through the blog. You started taking on like individual coaching clients. Is that what happened? Yeah, I started. And then from there, like what, when did you make that call in your life where you were like, you know what, I'm going all in. I'm going to believe in this dream enough of as being a coach, as a blogger, as an inspiring type person. And I'm going to take action and quit my MTV job. So it took me six years of building my side hustle, six years. So again, for anybody listening, feeling like, you know, an overnight success, like, oh, that must've just happened for her. Like, no, every, every overnight success is 10 years in the making. My side hustle took me six years. So I was building everything and I started the blog in 2008. I did not walk away from MTV till 2014. And I, I, wow. Yeah. I think that's really significant. I think that's so significant for people out there who are listening to feel like, you know what, I think a lot of these people see the after effect and I'm, I've been there too, where you see someone you're like, Oh, you know, like whatever they must've like, the old version of me would have been like, oh, you know, they they must have had some lucky break or something. But you worked your hiney off, girl. Yeah, I worked and like all and through it all, you know, it's funny because I I've met a lot of people and you know they've had circumstances that have helped them walk away from things, whether it be like a support a supportive spouse who was making more income and could let them do that or whatever the situation was. My husband was actually laid off twice during that time when I was building my side hustle, I had to stay at my job. I had to provide the health insurance for my family. Like I had the salary. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things in life that kind of can get in our way and discourage us. I could have just in the towel and said, well, you know, this is just not going to work. I have to stay. I'm stuck, but I didn't, I just kept going. And I knew that the right time would present itself for me to go. And, and it did in 2014. And I mean, when I look at everything that's happened since then, it feels like 20 years have gone by and it's only been five years, you know, it's just been like a crazy journey. When you made the move literally and figuratively um, to quit MTV, like what was that process like? And then lead, lead us up to like how things, you know, transformed for you after you made that jump uh, up until now and what you're experiencing now with your success. Yeah. So the jump was scary. Um, I walked away. I had like somewhere between six and six, six and $7,000 to my name. That was it. It was my, in my bank account. It was from a bonus that I got. I actually stayed until um, the end of the month so I could get my, my performance bonus. And that's another thing I'll say, like I stayed in MTV, but I worked my butt off. Like I got promoted. I had a huge team under me. Like I left as a director and I left on such great terms. And I think it's important that if you're thinking of walking away from a job, you do your best and you show up and you do the best job you can do. And you have gratitude for that job. I mean, I didn't love it, but I did a great job there. And I really, I left on the best of terms because I knew like these people could someday, you know, cross my path again. And I may want a referral from totally. like, so I left with a little bit of faith and a little bit of strategy. And, you know, I did not have a lot of money in the bank, but I knew I had to make it work. And I, hustled more that first month. It was October was my first full month out of MTV more than I've ever hustled in my entire life. And I wound up like making almost triple my income for that month from what I had made my corporate how, job. How did you do it, girl? Like, how <laughs> did you do it? Cause I think it's 
so many people who like again want to know like you know it's one thing to say it but like how like when you say you hustled so much in that first month like what literally in layman's terms were you doing to make that dream a reality so I had already started building my coaching practice. I had a couple of private clients. I had been doing some group workshops at night. So I would come home from my day job and I would get in. I tr- commuted an hour and a half from Brooklyn um, to Manhattan. So I would get home late. I would get home at like, you know, 637 o'clock. And then I would do these coaching workshops and they started to, the word of mouth started travel and people started to want to sign up for them. So as soon as I left, I was like, okay, I know that I need to bring in clients and I need to bring in, I need to create um, coaching workshop for, you know, my clients who maybe aren't ready for private coaching, can't afford private coaching. And I wanted to create actual like home, I call them like home study programs. So they were like little coaching workbooks that I would sell for like $49 on my website. So I have three streams of revenue coming in. Plus, So this is before I wrote Girl Code. So this was just my first three books under my belt. And I just made it. Work. And were those eBooks? Were the no, first were, three eBooks? They were paperback and eBook. So I wrote a book called Sparkle in 2012. I released that book, uh, and this was all self-published. This was after our, you know, that's a whole other story of my journey. I was yeah. a rejected self-published author. That's how I started out, like 19 publisher rejections, and I just decided to self-publish while I was working my full-time job. So I had, you know, four essentially four streams of revenue. And I just put everything into those streams of revenue. I put everything into those business models. I promoted myself like crazy. I got on, you know, my Facebook page and I talked about it. I would do events in my neighborhood. For example, I had a spa called the Green Spa. And I I walked in and I said to the owners, like, can I host a little event here? Can I just do like a little meetup? I'll provide the champagne. I went to Costco uh, liquor outlet. I bought some cheap bottles of <laughs> sparkling wine. I cut up some cheese and put on a table and I invited people to come. I mean, that's what hustling is to me. I, we, you know, we don't have cars in the city. So I remember like rolling a shopping cart full of books to this event, you know, my published book and literally like shaking out a tablecloth and like setting up the books before people walked in, like all by myself. So that's like the kind of yeah. stuff that it takes to like make these things happen. And I still hustle. I mean, it doesn't, you know, it's not like you snap your fingers and all of a sudden, like you don't have to Like I'm a huge believer in just showing up for yourself and doing whatever it takes and never being above a task that's going to move you and your business forward. Totally. Oh my goodness, Kara. I love you sharing that story. First off, thank you because I think you broke it down really to showing people that the most important thing is you have to be your own life cheerleader in life. Like no one else is going to be there to be able to believe in you the way that you can for yourself. Like that's the kind of determination. That's the kind of unstoppable drive that it requires in order to keep moving forward and to have that insane because it really is that insane momentum for yourself and believing in that future vision. I know that you said like 11 years ago, if you look back, you wouldn't have pictured this, you know, this outcome but at the same time it's like just those baby steps every day like getting up and just going forward in that motion is what what eventually transpired into what you have today so can you share with the reader or sorry the audience now what it is that you are celebrating now in your career yeah so I just released my ninth book 
Uh, it's called Girl on Fire. It's available on Amazon. It's, I think, it's the best book that I've ever written because of everything that's happened to me along the way. You know, I think you just get better and better as you go through life because you have more and more failures and more and more experiences and more and more things to talk yep. about. You know, like I, I wound up uh, in 2015. It was actually the year after I left MTV. I wrote a book called Girl Code, which you know, I self-published that one, but that blew up. I mean, that book just it really, yeah. I think it's what put me on the map. And I actually wound up uh, being approached by a publisher at that point. And this was still a dream of mine that I had, you know, I had done well in self-publishing, but I really, I just need to see what this is about. And I signed a double book deal with Penguin Random House and they bought the rights to Girl Code to republish it so we could get it out there in like, different languages, different countries, different places. And then I did a book called Like She Owns the Place with them. It was in 2018. And I have to tell you, I was just so underwhelmed by the entire experience. It was not what I had dreamed it to be. Um, ultimately, the traditional publishing model let me down. I know it works for some people, but it let me down. I was an indie author mm -hmm. this whole time. I had done everything on my own. I had complete creative control of my career as an author. Um, financially, it made more sense for me to be self-published. So I went through the experience and I was, I was not impressed with it. So when the time came to do my next book, I basically broke up with them. <laughs> I told them like, <laughs> this did not work for me. And they understood my editor actually apologized to me and she recognized that I was not happy and I moved on mm -hmm. and I did girl on fire, which I just released a couple of weeks ago on my own in that book. Really? Like Mandy, I can't even tell you, like it's everything I went through and it's, it, happens for a reason like Steve Jobs has a quote and he says you can't connect the dots looking forward but you can connect them looking backward and now I know yes. right like I know that I was meant to go through that huge letdown with my publishing story so I could write this book and I could show women that when you choose yourself and when you do it your way and when you don't wait to get selected by someone right whether it's a publisher a company a podcast a, an event to speak at when you just take everything into your own hands and you create your own opportunities to me that's what true success feels like it's when you know like you can stand on your own two feet and do it your way like this morning and I mean since yesterday my book is ranking at number one on Amazon like ahead of Rachel Hollis Woo! ahead of Charles Sandberg like ahead of like number go one. girl thank you and ahead of like you know these are number one new york times best-selling authors with machines behind them and teams and publishers and i say that not to brag but i say that to show women that like if i can do this by myself from my little apartment in the middle of new york city like with just all my my keyboard and me and like my husband like in our little like you know corner of the room like laying at the cover and making this happen like anybody can anyone can so that's the whole kind of premise behind that book. It's like, just stop waiting for permission and just go out there and just live the life you want to live. Oh, amen, sister. You are absolutely on fire, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast because Pave Your Paradise is just that. It's paving your own path to paradise. And we all have that ability and that opportunity every single day of our lives and you are literally a living, breathing, walking example of this, Kara. And I'm so grateful that you can share this story because I, I really hope that everyone listening can find it in their, you know, deepest desires 
to really do it for themselves, you know, like don't wait around. I'm guilty of that. I know you've been guilty of that in your past where you kind of sit back and let life happen to you and you wait for these things to maybe never even happen. But when you have the ability to go, no, I am in control. I have power of creating my divine destiny and I, by golly, am going to do whatever it takes to make that dream a reality that is when you can accomplish absolute success. And I completely agree with everything you're saying. Yes. Yes. It's so true. You don't need any, anything special. We think we need so much more than we actually need. And when we just get out there and start taking action, you realize like, what was I waiting for this whole time? Because I had it in me all along. Right. Right. And I, I, I also want to touch on the fact that you said with this book too, it's like you poured your heart and soul into it around everything happening for a reason and being able to reflect and communicate that within the book as well. And I really do believe that, you know, a lot of times with the Steve job quotes as well, just kind of tying that into it, you know, things happen to us. So, so often in life, whether it's in work, in your health, in relationships or other things that happen and and at the time when you're happy, when it's happening, you're devastated and you could kind of only be in that emotional state of um, feeling let down or disappointed. But once you get through that hurdle, you look back and you really do connect as to why everything happened for you rather than to you to make you into the powerful being that you are today. Yes, I could not agree more. Everything. And now I think when you recognize that, right, when you get to that point of, of self-awareness where you know, okay, something's coming, this, a storm is coming, you know that it's going to serve you in some way. You know that it's going to help you. So you can move through it with a very different outlook. You can move through it. It still might hurt. It still might be challenging, but you know that it's serving you. You know that it's, it's happening for your good. And I think that's a very important perspective to have when those challenging times come because they come for all of us. But knowing in the back of your mind, like, this is going to be okay, I think there's just so much strength in that. Yes. I love it. Okay. So now we're going to dive a little deeper. What do you wish you'd known when you first started out, Kara? You know, I, I've, I've had this question asked to me before, and I have to be honest with you. I don't know if there's really anything that I would have wanted to know in advance because I think everything that has happened, like just like what we said, has happened for, for a reason. And it's happened to show me you know, the way my path was meant to unfold. I think if anything, I wish I would have just had a little bit more confidence to do things sooner. And I wish I maybe would have had strength to walk away from situations that weren't serving me, that weren't helping me, um, like relationships and that sort of thing. Like I was in a relationship, a toxic relationship for a long time. And I'm so grateful that I moved on because I know for a fact that none of this would have been possible if I had stayed there. So Sorry, you're talking about an intimate partnership? Yeah, like a really, all through my 20s, a boyfriend that I had that I loved very much, but it just wasn't working. (laughs) You know, it just was not the right It wasn't serving you. Yeah, it just wasn't. And it wasn't serving who I was becoming. And I waited. I mean, I was in that relationship for seven years and I waited and I waited. And I'm glad I walked away when I did. But it was, you know, I struggled for so long. And I guess that was what I, what I wish that I could have done differently is maybe recognize my own self-worth earlier and recognize that this isn't working and the sooner you move on the sooner you're going to be free of this pain so I think you know that if anyone's listening now and they're in a situation like that like just know that you're so much stronger than you think you are you have so much more strength available to you and until you just make that decision you don't know how strong you really are 
Oh, amen, sister. I can personally relate <laughs> to exactly what you're talking about. And I actually, um, I just did a, a podcast on how to distance yourself from a toxic person. And in that journey, I, you know, revealed that for myself, reflecting on that situation of walking away from a toxic relationship, it's interesting. And I love the fact that you brought up the self-worth component, because I really do believe that that relationship, as you and I just spoke about things that happen for you in life, they happen for you because your soul needs that lesson in order to evolve. And I do believe toxic relationships in our lives, the fact that we allow them, if we're still in them, not to put anyone down, because believe me, all of y'all listening, I totally get what it's like to be in that really sticky situation. It's really unfortunate, but it really is a reflection. The longer we're in those relationships that are not serving us, that are toxic, it's a reflection of our lack of self-worth. And that's a really hard pill to swallow of truth juice, but that's the reality. And until you're willing to admit you know, that, that kind of harsh truth and reality to yourself, it's really hard to walk away. So if there's anyone listening, as you said, who's in that situation, I mean, is there a way that you can maybe talk about how you were able to actually leave that relationship? And I only ask this question because I think for so many people, a lot of times it's the relationships that are surrounding us in our lives or the people I should say in our lives that are part of the reason why we're holding back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, I was, it was definitely the reason I held back. I felt very judged in that relationship. I felt like very stifled. Like if I wanted to do something that maybe was line or that he wasn't used to, then I was like wrong in some way or judged. And it got to the point where I had to really look at everything I was giving up and it became like, I felt like I had to give up more and more as the relationship got more and more involved. So if anyone is debating on what to do, I would just invite you to create a list, a list of all the things you feel you're missing, right? Whether it's freedom, whether it's confidence, whether it's being able to go out with your friends, whether it's being able to go on a vacation, whether it's being able to, you know, start writing a book or create a business. Like these people tend to kind of hold us down and they kind of want to keep us stuck and they don't want us to expand our wings and do the things we really want to do because it's all about control and it's all about manipulation. So I would just invite you to make that list, right? And start to think about the things you're giving up and then start to ask yourself, like, is it really worth it? Is this person worth me giving up all these incredible opportunities and things that could happen in my life if I were to just let go and be strong enough to walk away? And I promise you, when you look at that list, you start to see it so clearly. You'll start to just wake up. And when you wake up, there's no going back. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like a hundred percent. I am so aligned with your vision on relationships and the way in which you just described that. I think that's a beautiful exercise for any of y'all who are listening out there. Please make your list because it it also boils down for me to, to like the negotiables and the non-negotiables. And a lot of those things to me are just boundaries, you know, like it's really respecting your boundaries and your dreams and, yeah, I love that exercise, Kara. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah. Getting back to the di- diving deeper questions, what do you believe really compelled you to become the powerful person you are on this planet today? You know, I think like I wasn't that person for so long, you know, and dealing with the pain that I had in my life and, you know, all of whatever trauma I went through, you know, I come from a divorce 
home and my parents were divorced and my dad left when I was really young. And then I went into that terrible relationship. So I think like just not being that person and having, and just living with that pain for as long as I did and just realizing that enough is enough and I have to get out of this. And not only do I have to get out of this situation to make my life better, but I want to be, you know, a person, a lighthouse for women who are still in that situation. Like everything that I say, everything I write, everything I teach and podcast about, put in my book, it's like me talking to myself a few years ago. Sometimes it's me talking to myself six months ago, you know? So just being that person and being that source of strength for someone who maybe doesn't have that. Like I, I, I wish that I had had, I mean, again, my mom, I'm super close to my mom. I love her to death, but it's mother daughter relationships are complicated. And I think I'd always wish that I had like some sort of mentor or like this cool woman in my life that I could look up to, you know, when I was in my twenties to kind of like give me the strength to go do what I want to do, who was sort of living this like aspirational life that I wanted. And I had that through like maybe fictional characters, maybe books I read, maybe celebrities or people I saw on the outside, but I didn't have it in a way where I could like touch and feel and talk to that person. So that really drives Mm -hmm. me, you know, that really drives me like just being that, that source of inspiration for women, like just feels so good. It makes you just feel so on purpose in life. And it makes you realize that it's not about me. I'm just like this vessel that's just sharing this, this knowledge. Like I don't, to be honest, like, I don't even know when it really shifted and when it came over me, but it did. And like 99.9% of the time, I don't think what I'm saying, I'm just saying it. It's just coming out of me. And I think that's like the universe really like speaking through all of us. We all are just vessels sharing information. Yes. Right? Like I just, that's how I know. Like people will say to me, nervous in front of a room full of people. You don't get nervous when you do like live TV or a podcast. No, I don't. Because it just comes through me. Allow it to just speak through me. I always say a little prayer, like God, universe, divine, like just like use me for whatever I need to be used for today. Like let the right things flow. And that's it. Oh, girl, friend, you're preaching to the high vibes choir. I love it. I do the same thing. I always say a little prayer to God or the higher power. I often describe it like this, just to nutshell it. It's like source just flows through you. You can't even describe it other than that. It just flows through you. You show up in the exact time that someone else needs you. And it could be in all different mediums. It could be at any point in time. And it's like you literally are walking around like an earth angel ready to deliver that love and that passion and that value to whoever it is who needs it that day. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And we all have this power. Like it's not like just certain people are capable or you have to have gone through a certain thing. Like I think when you really just like tap into your truest self and you can really be honest about who you are, I think that's the gift that comes along with it. Right. Just being able to share back, being able to become that vessel. And you have to be tuned in. You can't be trying be someone else or you can't be like a a dull down version of yourself when you really are truly in tune walking in your truth it just it happens it's like you don't even know it's like you don't plan for it it just happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally okay Kara what are some of your daily habits that you swear by for your success and I will do a little caveat here so I'm obsessed with morning routines I have my own master morning routine and I'm very curious if you could share within those daily habits what your master morning routine also looks like Yeah. So of course, like I said, I start with gratitude. Um, I really, really treasure the morning time. So I love to get up early. I'm just an early bird. It's the way my body works. I don't have to set an alarm, but the downside to that is I'm usually in bed by eight (laughs) o'clock. So It's the give and take, right? But I do treasure the morning and I love the morning. So I get up and usually I'm up ahead of my husband and, you know, 
you know, go in the bathroom, wash my face, brush my teeth. And then the first thing that I do after I make my coffee, of course, is I like fortunately just was able to move into this beautiful apartment this year. Um, and I had this incredible view of the skyline of New York City. And if you, again, if you would have told me this 11 years ago when I was commuting an hour and a half each way that I would be in this amazing, amazing apartment, I'd be like, are you sure? Like, how? How could I afford that? How is it ever going to happen? So I'm so aware of that, right? So I take time every morning and I, I go look at the sunrise and I just really like, just like, I am just so into gratitude. I just think of everything that I'm so thankful for and I feel it. It's not just like I'm, going through the motions. I think that's something to point out too with gratitude. It, you can start off by maybe just writing the list, but when you feel it like in your bones, it's a whole different thing. So I feel mm -hmm. it, I let myself be in that moment. And then I set an intention for the day and I just write something down in my journal, like something like, you know, a little mantra, a little guiding kind of quote or something to, to get me going. And I really dive into my work at that point. You know, I like my work gives me energy. So I maybe I'm not doing invoicing or something that's like mind numbing, but like I'll get into like a creative mode. Like I'll start writing or I will, you know, look into my Facebook groups or some of my clients, answer those emails, like do something that makes me, that wakes my brain up, you know? And mm -hmm. if it's not work, it's usually what I call creative exploration. So that's like reading something or jumping on Pinterest. I'm very visual. So I love to look at my mood boards for like a project that I'm working on. And I always wake up with music. I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. I just don't, I feel like that's just very like negative energy to take in. So of course I read the headlines, right? I get the New York times email every single morning. I know I'm aware of what's going on, but I really don't spend time kind of sitting in that. And I really just focus on music, creativity, and just using that time and, and being aware of like how precious it is before the world is waking up and, you know, people are ringing your bell and calling you. It's like just such a special time for me. Mm, that's so beautiful. What a beautiful way to start your day. And do you have certain daily habits that you swear by for your success? Um, daily habits. Hmm. I love to take a bath. Um, so I take a detox bath. I don't do it every single day, but I try to do it a few days a week. So that's just like jumping in a hot bath with like Epsom salts and some essential oils and like listening to a podcast or putting on music that is just like such that to me feels like a reset button. That's like, you know, when you restart your computer after like all the tabs are open and it's crashing. <laughs> my bath. <laughs> yeah, like my, yeah, that's like the reset button. Um, love to take walks. So again, I live in New York City. So we walk everywhere. But I really love to just put my music on and like, walk all around the city and look at like street art or anything that kind of like stimulates my brain. I feel like we spend so much time in front of computers. So, you know, mm -hmm. getting to just like put the phone in my bag and just like walk, that's huge for me. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like in terms of daily habits, those are like some of like the big ones for me. I mean, yeah, the morning routine, obviously all of those things that I mentioned, I'm not like, a, I'm not regimented in the sense, I don't know if you're like this, you might be different than me, but I'm not like a person who has to do the exact same thing every day, but I have my sort of like go-to kind of list. And I, when I'm feeling like I need, thing I turn to it yeah I think like for me my morning routine has transformed so much over the years um and like you know like you as a freelancer and having multiple hats that I wear like every day is so different so I like to look at it as though I have it, an outline kind of a structure to what my day is like but within that structure things are very flexible yes exactly. if that makes sense mm -hmm. I'm the same yeah. way and and 
that's a beautiful segue to what self-care and spiritual rituals do you love to practice? Ooh. Um, hmm. Well, self-care, I would definitely say the, the deep fats are huge. Um, I love to mm-hmm. exercise. So I love to work out, whether it's like going to a soul cycle class or just like going to the gym and like lifting weights for like a half hour, just doing something, right? I have not been working out as much as I want to lately because I'm also about honoring the season you're in. <laughs> like right now, yes. I am in like, you know, like, right? Like I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially as women. Like I have to do these 49 things today. Like my life won't be complete. It's like, no, if you're missing a workout, if you can't get to the gym, week or two because you're watching like the biggest projects of your life like that's okay you know I've really gotten totally to yeah so that um in terms of self-care I would say working out when I can as often as I can the the you know detox bath eating well cooking for myself I feel like that's like a huge act of self-care and almost spiritual in the same sense because that is like when I really do reflect it's almost like meditative to me to cook a meal. Yes. Like you're just in the okay. kitchen. Sarah, I feel like I want to come over and cook a meal with you. I swear. <laughs> I'm like the same way. I often take things like say a shower or cooking and I make it into this like little meditative practice and just get into my little zone. Yeah, totally. Totally. I'm in the zone. Like when I'm cooking, like I'll pour a glass of wine, I'll put on like jazz and I will just go somewhere else. Like I don't even know what's happening around me. I'm just like making this meal and I'm so like in it and I just it. Um, and I want to say, I want to get better at meditation. It's like one of those things. Do you meditate? I, I do. I do. Okay. And I teach as well. Like I love meditation. Okay. Well, I need a class from you. I just admittedly, it's like a struggle for me. And I'm totally open with admitting that and, and saying it. And the most I can do is like five or 10 minutes. And then like the anxiety just kicks in. And I have taken like classes. I've gone to like group meditations. I've tried it on my own. It's just, I guess I haven't seen the value in it yet for myself. I know it works for people. I'm sure I would see great value if I committed, but it's like, I just haven't gotten there yet. So that is something for like next year. That is a goal for, of mine for sure. Well, we'll definitely keep in touch about that. I'm sure and many other things after the podcast <laughs> interview, but yeah, we can definitely, I, I would be so happy to help you out with that because it is something I'm such a fan of and, and that has brought a lot of value to my life. So for yeah. sure, girlfriend. Um, okay. <laughs> what are you curious about right now? Oh, curious about that is a good one. Um, hmm. What am I curious? I don't know. I mean, like, like I want to say work-related things because that's just where my brain is and I'm like in creation. You see it, girl. Yeah, like just, you know, what one thing I'm working on and maybe this is this is curiosity, I guess, because I'm trying to kind of figure out what my audience would benefit from, but I'm like really thinking about ways to serve my audience, like that in-between sort of group of people. So like, you know, you can really relate to this as, an, you know, somebody who empowers people and helps people and coaches. Like I have my podcast, obviously, which is free. I have my books, which are like lower cost. And then I have my private coaching and my group coaching, which is a much higher end experience for people. Right. So I'm really Mm -hmm. looking for ways to kind of service that in between group, like my audience who maybe, you know, they don't have the time or the budget for something like a deep coaching experience, but they still want to be supported. So I'm really like, just curious about like, I guess the minds of of women, like what, how can I help? (laughs) Like, how can I keep helping? How can I keep serving people? How can I keep creating experiences for people where they feel like they're moving ahead and they're being educated and empowered and supported? 
but like fits in with their lifestyle. That's a beautiful thing to be curious about, especially because I think you just everything that you're doing and creating in this world is all about servitude. And so, I mean, it makes sense that you're curious about that. And I love that. Kara, what's something you failed at? And I'm going to say the little caveat for this question. Everybody has their own connotation or their own interpretation of the word failure. So if you want to speak on that in itself as well, please feel free to. Yeah. So I love this topic and I love talking about my failures because to me, failure experiences. So when I fail at something, it just means that it didn't work out at that time in that way. It's not a permanent no. It's not a permanent mistake. It's not a permanent mark on my record that I can never come back from. And I want everyone listening to understand that. When you change your attitude about failure and when you just simply look at it as a life experience, it's so liberating. And it's also so empowering because it teaches you so many things, right? You don't just write it off and say, oh my God, I failed and full of shame and guilt and embarrassment. You can really dig into that failure. And I actually write about this all in Girl on Fire, right? we can really dig into that and say, okay, how did I respond to this? You know, like I, my favorite mantra, one of my favorite mantras is action is just redirection. So when we are, mm, right. I love that. Rejection is just redirection. Ooh, I love that. That is word porn right there. <laughs> yeah. And that really like leads me into my, my fail. One of my failures and one of the best things that ever happened to me was getting rejected the first time I tried to publish my book. And that experience taught me so much because I realized that I was putting so much of my potential and my future in the hands of strangers, right? In the hands of these gatekeepers who were probably most likely editorial assistants who did not know me, who had no connection to me, who didn't know my potential, who had no idea what I could create clearly, right? They had no clue. So I was rejected and I crossroads in my life. And I will tell anyone listening right now to Google this blog by Seth Godin. It's called Reject the Tyranny of Being Picked and Pick Yourself. It was the most life-changing, maybe 250-word blog. It was the tiniest little nothing blog, but it was so powerful. And I read those words right around the time that the self-publishing industry was really changing. And Amazon created a platform called CreateSpace, which is now called KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing. They created a platform for authors where they could print on demand with no overhead costs, like zero dollars to print your, to get your book on Amazon. And Mm -hmm. that was, that was the moment when I said, I'm just going to choose myself. I'm going to pick myself. I did. And that failure, that quote failure, right. Which is really the best experience of my life catapulted me into this world, into this whole like, like world between my books and my coaching and my podcast. And it is me to be able to show women like you don't need to like live you don't, your failure doesn't need to define you the thing that you maybe didn't do right the first and I'm using air quotes right the first time it doesn't have to define you as a woman as a person it doesn't define your creativity it doesn't define your potential so looking back yes. and saying you know my book was rejected 19 times and now I make a living writing books when everyone told me authors never make money you'll never make money writing books and I make you know a great living off of it knowing that and and having that power I can apply that to anything in my future now oh Kara I love this journey that you're sharing you know um in front of the audience listening because 
I think it really gives everyone such hope in their hearts that they really can do it and they can do it on their own. You don't have to wait around to be chosen. You don't have to wait around for someone to create that opportunity. You have to go out there and create your own opportunities in life. So that is a beautiful um, transition to if you could focus on one hurdle that you had to personally face and explain how you overcame it. And also if you could go into whether the solution was obvious or it's something you stumbled upon. Hmm. One hurdle, you know, that's a question. I want to kind of go back to my relationship almost, you know, the one that I I spoke about earlier and Mm -hmm. getting out of that and recognizing that like I had the power to get out of it sooner than I knew <laughs> the power to get out of it. And it really, what made you stay? I think it's really important. Cause I think, and I'm not just going to say this is for just women. I think there's a lot of females listening, um, who can relate to this, but it's, it also applies to men too, who's who, you know, the expiry date has been well in the past, we'll say, <laughs> and you hold on. So maybe if you could dive into that a little bit, like what made you stay? And then how did that, like, what, what, instigated that final shift in your mind where you're like, no, I'm done with this. Like it just needs to end. If you could talk about that whole journey, because I think that's so important for people to really hear. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. As you're saying that I'm thinking to myself, it's so, so similar to leaving my job. MTV, they were both in their own way, similar situations, even though my job wasn't necessarily toxic, but it wasn't right for me anymore. So things yeah. where, you know, they were clearly expired there, there, you know, I was not meant to be in those situations, but I, I had a hard time leaving. And I think when I really, really dig into it, I think it's the idea of like the, you know, the devil, you know, might be better than the devil I've heard that phrase, like yeah. the situation I'm in, I know this situation. So even if it hurts or even if it's painful, or even if it's not right for me, I know it. So it's familiar and it's comfortable going forward and leaving the relationship the job is going to be very uncomfortable and I think it takes a lot of strength and it takes a lot of faith to be able to walk into the unknown and a lot of people sadly never do it they stay forever they stay in situations forever that they're not meant to stay in and they stifle their own growth so it's always that question of like is this all there is for me how do I know there's more how do I know there's going to be a better out a better you know solution or a better situation after and I think again making that list right and really looking at it in black and white and really saying if I stay these are all the things that might never happen for me you know and I did that with MTV I was like if I stay here I'm not going to be able to do you know xyz is it worth it and really weighing that out like really weighing it out from like an analytical and I'm not an analytical person at all but that really that did help me at that point because I had to look at it and say I can't walk away from this because you know if I if I walk away from this I will never live the life I know deep down that I'm meant to live and again what I said earlier going back to that little tiny voice in you that knows that little voice if you can just amplify that voice make it a little bit louder and a little bit louder sooner or later, you get to the point where you're just able to make the leap. And it's scary, but it's also like so exciting at the same time. So if you could lean into the excitement and kind of like, instead of the fear, right? Like if you think about like, do I want to lean into my fear? Do I want to lean into my excitement? If you could lean into the excitement, I think that really makes such a better experience for you. And it makes you just feel so much more certain of what you're about to do. Absolutely. And when it comes to the relationship you're describing, 
you know, obviously you had seven years of history and a lot of these types of relationships that are quite toxic are not usually new types of relationships. Can you explain like what went through your mind? Like what was, because obviously, as you were saying, like you had been leaning into your fear until you did. Mm -hmm. So like what went through your mind or like, was there something significant that happened externally that finally allowed you to make that shift and go, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm done with you. Yeah. I mean, I, well, it, interestingly enough, it happened the final, like, and cause you know, those relationships kind of just drag out and have a hundred breakups and you go back and forth. And for me, like my grandmother passed away and I almost feel like that chapter had to close for me to move on. If that makes sense, because I was dealing with so much pain, yeah. like watching her sick for all those years and she was close to him. And, you know, when I, she didn't know obviously everything that was going on, cause that's, also the nature of those relationships most people don't know the extent of how bad it is on the inside so oh yeah you know so when she passed away um just like seeing his behavior like showing up for my family and just being the, the person and you know being there for everyone and then like literally the same night turning around and like literally turning on me at home I was like okay this is yeah. so evident to me this is very very unhealthy and this is not what I deserve and that was it. That was the last time that we saw each other. We spoke and we broke up on the spot. And it was, it was the weirdest thing. And I, I am spiritual in this sense. I think like maybe her passing, she, once she passed, and this is the first time I'm actually ever even realizing it until I'm saying it to you now, maybe her passing that strength onto me in some way to be able to walk away, you know, cause she was in her physical body for years, sick, not really who she was anymore. So maybe when she passed, she was able to like somehow release that strength into me to be able to do it for, you know, for good. I don't know, but it's definitely possible because something about that was literally it. It was like the day of her funeral. That was the last time we spoke and it was it. Wow. Kara. Oh my goodness. I almost wanted to cry right now. I, I literally just got goosebumps as you were saying that I feel so aligned with the way you look at, you know, one thing happening and it's like that domino effect of energy. Yeah. I mean, it's very likely that her passing away was, you know, the, the external validation as far as the chapter closing and that we're all, whether you're, and I always say this, whether you're spiritually based or scientific based, we're all energy beings. So, you know, literally speaking, when she passed away and she, you know, went to that next realm of whatever that is, her energy totally could have been that momentum that you needed to finally go, well, this chapter just closed. I'm going to do a lot more of the closing in my life. Yeah. That's necessary. Yeah. 100%. I love that you just process that live on the interview. That's it's so crazy, beautiful. Right? Beyond belief. Yeah. Well, I love it. That's, I mean, but that's the power of sharing. Right? I was just going to I mean, that's why I do these podcasts. It's the power of sharing. Right? Yeah. It's the power of sharing. It's the power of vulnerability. Like even if you just have this conversation with yourself, you know, even if you just think of this out loud or, in your home, you don't share it with anyone, but like the self-awareness, right? The, the exploration of like what's going on in your life and in your mind and how, how things have worked out for you. A lot of us just bury things and we just don't think about it. We don't, you know, we don't want to deal with it, but if you can get yourself to a point of that self-awareness, I think it really does like so much for you. 
Oh, it's such soul nourishment when you're able to release. And, you know, for you and I, we're writers and we're speakers and we're out in the public, but it doesn't require you to have a global platform to do that. You know, like I, I mean, I had people when I got out of my toxic relationship, even recommend, you know, writing letters, you know, it's, you can do these things and you don't actually have to send them. Like maybe write a letter to your ex, maybe write a letter to his family, maybe write letters, even a letter to yourself, like forgiving the old version of you. Right. You know, like you can take the initiative and it's not as though you have to do anything with that piece of paper. It's more so for you to get it out of yourself and share. If you do have people in your life, obviously, who you feel safe with and secure with and have that sacred space that you can do that in, amazing. And that's why, you know, things like your group coaching or, you know, the coaching that I do, things like that are really a beautiful way to connect with a community that it's safe to do that in. But it does, but like it starts with you. That's my point. It always starts with you to be able to actually take that initiative to begin with. Totally. Totally agree. Speaking of which, what are some support or resources that are available and what are your personal personal recommendations for things that have either worked for you or you can plug into your own, like feel free to make this about you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it's coming from you as a resource or other people, books, you know, programs, anything to do with self-development that you could recommend to the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I love listening to podcasts and I love just like kind of getting lost in them and allowing myself to explore different ones. I mean, I'll tell you some of the ones that I've like been into lately. I love Lori Harder. She has a podcast called Earn Your Happy. Um, that one is great because I think it's a combination. Love Lori's you know, podcast. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So it's like, it's a little business. It's a little personal. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a nice blend of the two, kind of similar to mine, I think. So mine is called style your mind. So I'll give myself a little shout out. Um, it's really that podcast is for any woman on the edge of change. So whatever you're going through in your and life. And I love yours as well. I will say you. I am a listener and I love your podcast as well, Kara. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I mean, books, like I think reading is like the, the most affordable, most accessible way to change your life. Reading a book, you know, there's, I mean, I love Seth Godin. I mentioned him. Um, I read Gary Vaynerchuk. I really recommend reading a book called the thank you economy wrote that book is incredible it's all about generosity when it comes to business and I think this relates even if you don't have a business just generosity as a person in general and using that as a growth strategy in your life and in your career um what else have I been reading I'm looking at my bookshelf now (laughs) my obviously I'll I'll give a little (laughs) shout out to my books um I have you know very a girl on fire is the latest book that I wrote but I also have coaching work books which I think are so important. I don't know. Have you ever done a coaching workbook before? Like written one or produced I one? Have. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I feel I like there's such just a great way for people to kind of explore like their own thoughts. So I have two mm-hmm. of them actually. One is called Style Your Mind and one is called Style Your Mind for Success. That's like the professional version of that for entrepreneurs and business owners. But I think, yeah, just like podcast books and obviously coaching. If you can take part in mastermind, if you can take part in, you know, some sort of a experience, even even a summit that you go to. Um, I love to go to conferences for women entrepreneurs. I've spoken at many of them. I think just connecting with people, like having that actual human connection is so, so important. You know, we all connect, whether it's a podcast or social media, but to physically be in a room, like I'm speaking at an event tonight and I just can't wait to like be in the room with people because the energy that you have, you know, when you're in person with others, with people, who are like-minded it's just it changes everything it's electric you're kind of like 
buzzing from that high, you know, for like days. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I, think I hear are, you girl. Yeah. That's awesome. What's a limiting belief you have had or you currently have and how, or how did you, or are you overcoming it? Ooh, a limiting belief. Um, gotta think about that one. I mean, I know that I have many that I'm still working on, but I'm just trying to think of something that's like really been sort of in my head, maybe like when it comes to like levels of success, you know, sometimes I tend to feel like, okay, well, I've reached this, this limit here. Like I've been able to do all these great things. I'm just going to ride this out for a bit. Um, I shouldn't really strive yet for the next goal because I should just appreciate where I'm at. So I think kind of realizing that I can strive for goals while also being really content and grateful for what I've accomplished. That's something that I'm working on for sure. Cause I think like there's so much mixed messaging, right. In the world. It's like, well, just be grateful for what you have. And then there's that whole other camp. that's like, go, 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 you know, keep reaching for more. I think there's a little balance between the two that we can all strive for that feels healthy and that feels fulfilling without draining us. Completely. It's like, it doesn't just because you want to achieve more, it doesn't mean you're, you feel like you're lacking in some way. You can be completely happy and grateful for every blessing that is in your life whilst still wanting to reach for something greater. Like it's, exactly. yeah, I, I completely agree. I love that mindset. What would you say has been one life-changing or defining moment or time in your life? I know you did talk about, you know, making some leaps, but is there another specific moment in time that was really like one of those aha moments for you? Hmm. That is a good question. Huh. Maybe getting my book deal. That was like a big moment for me. Um, And that was, again, I think the reason why I'm so attached to that experience is because I thought it was going to feel so different than it actually did. And I think that to me is a testament to the fact that like, we can't depend on external wins to make us feel happy or make us feel successful. So like in that moment, I remember even like signing back thinking, I'm supposed to be really excited right now. And I'm supposed to be happy. And why don't I feel this way? You know, and that that moment really defined me because it allowed me to number one, realize that nothing else was going to define my, my success and my happiness. And it also kind of like propelled me into action to keep working harder and harder for myself on my own things and realize I'm the only one that can give me that success that I think, you know, exists outside. Yes. As a former destination happiness queen, (laughs) I say that very like transparently. Uh, I totally feel you. Yeah. It's just those moments that really remind you that no matter what's going on in life, you know, when you do actually achieve these big goals you set out for yourself, if you're not content within, it doesn't matter what you achieve externally. It's never going to fill that void within. Like it just, it will never happen. Even if it's the the most amazing dream you could have imagined and it's happening before your eyes. If, if something's not right within that, that dream, that, that accomplishment will mean literally nothing against that. Right. It's so true. And Kara, I know that you're in a very healthy and wonderful relationship now, as you've described with your husband, and you've mentioned, you know, this former toxic relationship that you basically went through and grew through into who you are today. Can you please describe for the audience what a successful relationship looks like to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first, the number one thing for me that I have in my relationship that no matter what ups and downs we have, whatever we go through is respect. 
respect for each other, respect for each other's space, goals, dreams, like everything, confidence. I mean, like just having that mutual respect is so, so important. It allows you to move through disagreements in a much healthier way. It, it allows you to, you know, recognize what the other person needs. So definitely uh, mutual respect. Trust obviously is huge. Um, knowing like that full trust in your partner and knowing that you don't have to worry about what they're doing. You don't have to second guess anything, knowing that they trust you. I mean, that's huge to me. Uh, support is everything. I get so many messages from women who are like, my husband's not supportive of my dreams or, you know, my husband, you know, laughed at me when I, when I wanted to do something and start a business or whatever. And that makes me so sad because even if, even mm -hmm. if like maybe you're not really sure where that person's path is, them. maybe they have an idea. I'm sure my husband has heard so many crazy ideas from me and in his mind been like, Hmm, not really sure about that, but he never lets me know. He always supports. He'll give me his honest feedback, but he will never once say to me, that's not going to work. He like endlessly supports anything that I want to do. And in fact, I think he believes in me many times more than I believe in myself, which I think is so important. Having somebody who just has your back and knows, you know, what you're capable of. Um, and obviously somebody who's a best friend, you know, someone who you can laugh with because when the passion of like the beginning of a relationship wears off and you're loading the dishwasher together or you're cleaning up like don't puke or you're like, doing these things that are not so sexy, <laughs> you have to yeah. know that like that person is your friend first and foremost. So marry yeah. your best friend. That's an old adage, but it's so true. Oh, so true. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's such a, a wonderful way to describe what an ideal relationship should be and all the foundational elements that you described. I think, yeah, like that's, that's it, girlfriend. If you had to recommend one book, obviously, aside from your own, that could positively change someone's life, uh, what book would it be? Uh, the Secret, for sure. Not the movie, the book. <laughs> The book, yes. Yes, yes. And what quote do you live by and why that one? Ooh, um, so many of them. Recently, and I've been saying this to everyone, this too shall pass. I think that is just like, just so tried and true. It works for every situation, whatever you find yourself in. Knowing if it's a hard time, this too shall pass. It just, it gets me through everything. Mm, love that. On a scale of one to 10, how weird are you, Kara? Oh, 10 for sure. <laughs> I'm so weird. <laughs> I am weird and proud of my weird. <laughs> Woo! You flaunt that, that inner unicorn girl. Uh, what do you feel most? I know gratitude is a big element in your life. What do you feel most grateful for right now? Uh, my health, for sure. My health. I've seen so many, sadly, so many people young, you know, just too soon getting sick. And I'm just, I'm grateful for every day that I wake up and I'm like, I don't have any aches and pains. I feel good. That just to me is everything. Mm. If you could have lunch with one person alive or dead, who would it be? Um, Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love Oprah. And do you have any, yeah, I think, yeah, I totally love her as well. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Oh God. The entire Real Housewives franchise on Bravo. Every season, every city, every person, every character, I am just obsessed. Give me a bottle of wine and like snacks and the real housewives. And I'm just like, good to go. 
Oh my goodness, girl. Thank you for sharing that. And if you could only eat, I know you're all about the champagne, but if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, Pasta. Definitely pasta. <laughs> that is not the first on this podcast. That's so funny. There's so, so many pasta lovers. I mean, I'm raised an Italian girl from Brooklyn, like pasta, everything. I think I was like eating it since birth. So it's just, it tastes delicious. It always makes you feel good. There's nothing like it. Love it, girl. Okay, so winding it down now, what are you most excited about that's coming up? Oh, most excited about? I mean, just next year, there's so much going on, and I'm just so thrilled to have this new book out there. I'm really just keep promoting the message in Girl on Fire, keep reaching out to my readers, meeting people in person, offering support, events, whatever that looks like. But that book and that message is like everything for me right now. As this is Pave Your Paradise podcast, Kara, what does paradise mean to you and how would you personally define it? Ooh, paradise to me is feeling good about every single day and every single choice that you make. So waking up, like knowing you're in control of your life, knowing that you're happy with your choices and knowing that you have the freedom to change your mind at any time for any reason. Mm, I love that F word freedom. That's a big mm-hmm. one for me too. Yeah, Love it. Okay. Is there anything you wish we had talked about today? No, I feel like we like really like did a deep dive on everything. I love this. This is great. As you're such a server in this beautiful world, how can I and the audience of listeners serve you? How can we help you in the highest way? Oh, you were so sweet. Thank you for asking that. Um, I say the best, the best compliment you can give me is just like referring me to anyone that you know, if you love my books, if you love my podcast, if you, you know, go through a coaching program with me, just talking about it and sharing. I built my entire business off of, you know, word of mouth. I don't advertise. I don't really do anything like crazy like that. So to me, just like a genuine share means everything to me. Love it. And where is the best place to find you and to learn more about you and what you do? Um, okay, so my website is thechampagnediet.com. And from there, you can pretty much everything about me. So I have my podcast there, which is called Style Your Mind. That is on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, my books are all available on Amazon. So if you search my name or you just search Girl on Fire, you'll find my new book. But like basically, um, everything is there. And Instagram, of course, I'm on Instagram every day at the Champagne Diet. I love it. Kara, thank you so, so much for sharing your personal story of struggle to success with the Pave Your Paradise audience today. I am so grateful for your space, time, and energy shared. And I am rooting for you, girl. You are on fire. And I can't wait to see what you have in store for all of us next. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks so much for joining me. If there's anyone you know who you think could benefit from hearing today's episode, it would mean the world if you'd share it with them. Love what you heard? Then please subscribe. If you really love what you heard, then please leave a review with your honest and loving thoughts. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. If you feel called to, please make contributions to my podcast fund that helps me to keep it going strong, bringing on amazing guests for you, and to continue the ripple effect of spreading goodness in the world. I appreciate you, your time, and your energy, and I love hearing from you. So drop me a line on social media. 
As always, I'm wishing you a positive day and your own piece of paradise. Until next time, sending you love and light and keep shining.